I have a real treat for you today. I'm going to read you a Christmas story that I wrote called Adeste Fidelis in Chinese. This story has been published as a chapbook of its own by Tim Fay, a master printer and editor in Anamosa, Iowa. It's printed on letterpress press on acid-free paper, and it's hand-sewn together with tender love and care. This small book is divided into three sections. Between each section, as I read, you will hear a Christmas carol in a different language. After the first section, Silent Night in German. After the second section, Adeste Fidelis in Latin. And after the third section, Adeste Fidelis in Chinese. They came in threes, like the Magi, three buggies filled with three generations of Amish, to sing carols at my neighbor Donna's door. Abram and Bertha shepherded their grown children and their children's children into Donna's small den. Just a few months before the holidays, Donna's youngest daughter had suddenly died of a stroke at age 49. The mother and daughter had been close, talking on the phone every day, taking vacations together, and sharing the care of the grandchildren. The Amish had planned this caroling visit as an attempt to ease Donna's grief. Abram stood in the rear of the group, his long red beard streaked with white, Bertha at his side with a black shawl pulled tightly around her shoulders. The unmarried children came next, tall and lean, three young adult women's heads bobbed inches over their parents, their slender faces framed in their black bonnets. The grandchildren, two to four years old, stood in the front, eyes wide, taking in the English-language conversation a language they do not hear at home. The family gave Donna a plate of homemade cookies, and knowing that I couldn't eat sugar gave me a bag of bird seed. Thanks so much, I said. This is great, but not quite as good as the year you gave me a skinned rabbit. Hark, the herald angels sing, the family began in harmony. Abram and one of his sons took the bass, a couple of the son-in-laws the tenor. Sharp sopranos, the women's voices rose and danced near the ceiling. Glory to the newborn king. The grandchildren stretched out their hands to pet Donna's cat, who tiptoed through the room, his tail filtering through their fingers. Four or five more carols followed. The grandchildren fidgeted, their fathers placing their hands on their children's shoulders and pulling them close to their pant legs to keep them quiet. I passed around some candies, and the grandchildren's hands were quickly smears of dark brown chocolate. One of the unmarried daughters wiped her fingers on the underside of her skirt. One of the young boys climbed up into Donna's rocking chair and leaned his body weight into it, swaying back and forth with ferocity to the strains of Go Tell It on the Mountain! Silent Night concluded this mini-concert, sung first in English and then in German. Stille Nacht, Heilige Nacht. 
Mary and I can sing, O Come All Ye Faithful, to you in Latin, Donna said. Although we hadn't known each other at the time, Donna and I had gone to the same Catholic church as children and had ended up with a similar repertoire of hymns and carols. Adeste fidelis, Donna sang, Lete triumphantes, Venite, venite, in Bethlehem. I joined in. Our voices quieted, then rose higher and higher with every repetition. Venite adoremus, venite adoremus, venite adoremus dominum. The Amish stood mesmerized, smiling. The little boy in the rocking chair stilled. So was that Latin? One of the older daughters asked. See, we can sing carols in two languages too, I said, and everyone laughed. This small cultural exchange not only bridged continents, but centuries of religious prejudice. Soon the family had gathered themselves together, the children pulling on their mittens, Outside, the horses snorted in anticipation of trotting down the road again. On the way out the door, one of the older daughters whispered to Donna, Can you teach us the Latin? We'll be over tomorrow night, but don't tell Mom and Dad. Donna's living room filled with Amish teenagers and young adults, taking their places on the sofa, the rocking chair, and the piano bench. Siblings and cousins, they had arrived to learn Adeste Fidelis and wanted to sing it for their parents and grandparents as a surprise at their upcoming Christmas celebration. Each year after Christmas dinner, the young people are asked to perform a little skit, Martha explained. I ran home, googled the hymn, printed off all eight verses, made copies, and hurried back. My hope was to teach the young people maybe two verses, thinking that might even be a struggle. The Amish pulled Donna's draperies in fear that their parents might drive by on the road and see them inside her house. Never mind that the young people had hitched their horses and buggies to the post in Donna's yard. Surely their parents would notice the young people missing from the household, and I wondered what they had told them upon their departure. I told them I was going to sing hymns, Mel said. Okay, then. Let's read the lyrics first, Donna said. 
Then we'll sing them. Slowly and deliberately, she began. Adeste fidelis. Adeste fidelis. They mimic back at normal speed. Late triumphantes, Donna continued. Late triumphantes. Quickly, we were moving into the chorus. Venite adoremus, Donna picked up the speed. Venite adoremus, the Amish replied, pronouncing the second word with a particular flatness. Adoremus, Donna corrected. Moose, moose, adoremus. The first verse and chorus down. The Amish galloped through all eight verses, then sang the entire hymn, never missing a word, beginning to end, with clear adolescent voices, the living room ringing with harmony, the sound of the prolonged adore mousse echoing through the air. So that's Latin, Mel said at last, and wondered what the hymn sounded like in German. Across the line and through the fence I went again to boot up my computer and print off the lyrics in German. Upon my return, I ran into Donna's son and daughter-in-law, Jeff and Jenny, just arriving in their car. What's going on here? Jeff asked, pointing to all the buggies in the lane. I explained that we were teaching the Amish a deste fidelis, and Jeff just smiled and shrugged his shoulders. Jenny, a Chinese immigrant, looked a little more perplexed, but went along with the flow. The Amish young people who speak Dutch, a dialect of German without a written language, struggled a bit with the high German, but they got their bearings and whizzed through all eight verses in that language. What other verses could we do? Martha asked. Jeff looked at Jenny, and simultaneously, we all had the same thought. Jeff whipped out his phone and Googled the Chinese lyrics. He explained to Jenny that the tune was, O Come All Ye Faithful. Jenny took a big breath and began singing in Chinese. And like the Amish, she eventually rolled through all eight verses in her native language. At the end of her concert, the Amish rushed to huddle around Jeff's phone, leaning in to see the Chinese writing, thinking that the lyrics didn't sound so difficult and that they might yet learn another version of the hymn. That's Chinese? Martha asked. Oh, we could never read that. That's nothing but a bunch of sticks.
was time for Donna and me to distribute our gifts to our neighbors. We usually return their holiday cheer on New Year's Day, loading one of our cars with plates of cookies and candies, popcorn balls and puzzles for the children, dried pears from my tree, and other little miscellaneous items I may have collected throughout the year, like the box of solar keychain flashlights I once received from my brother who lives in Cambodia. But this Christmas wasn't full of cheer for Donna. The shock of her daughter's death had left Donna in a deep state of mourning, a grief that couldn't quite mobilize itself to get up and bake cookies. Let's put this off for a few days, Donna said. I'm not organized yet. Fine, I agreed, but went into gear preparing my goodie packages, knowing full well that I might be making the neighborhood rounds by myself this year. A couple of days passed, and Donna called again. I just don't think I can go this year. It's too sad. No worries, I assured her I understood. I got out my popcorn popper and started in on that part of the ritual, thinking about how difficult the holidays can be for someone at a time of loss, how the togetherness and forced joviality of the season can, in fact, be stressful for all of us. At the end of the morning, I tied up my packages with red and green ribbon, made some small cards, and attached them to the parcels. For many years, I didn't even bother to make cards, but Donna couldn't comprehend how the neighbors not home would know who left the package. Don't worry, I told her. They'll know that no one else is going to give them dried pears and solar flashlights from Cambodia. But this year, with a little extra time on my hands, I decided to go all out and made handmade cards for each family on our list of 15 households. Just when I was finishing the last card, the phone rang. I've decided to go, Donna said. Give me an hour. In just that amount of time, we had my car filled with gifts and drove down and around the icy gravel roads, stopping in on one neighbor after another to say hello and wish them a happy new year exchanging little bits of local news and leaving packages and mailboxes and mud rooms for those celebrating away from home. At the end of our rounds, we pulled into Abram and Bertha's long circular drive, past the two hoop houses and the garden shed, and the barn where the goats would soon be kidding. We approached the back door. I could sense that Donna was just about at the end of her endurance that she was pushing herself to get through the afternoon and was longing to return home to curl up in her easy chair in front of the fire with her own thoughts. One of the nanny goats stuck her head out the barn door. Jack, the little mutt dog, who years before had been dumped in the ditch near their house with a bag of food, scurried to greet us. He sniffed the packages with hopes that a few crumbs might drop his way. We knocked on the door and received no reply. We knocked again. Maybe they aren't home either, I said. I tried the door, intending to leave the gifts in the mudroom. Just then it opened and the whole family stood there, Martha and her older siblings bursting into song. Venite adore moose. Venite adore moose. I saw Donna's face brighten and lift, a moment of respite in a long season. 
No matter the language, English, German, Latin, or Chinese, the hymn drove home the idea of the sacredness of a humble birth, the inevitability of death, and the preciousness of all we cherish on earth and in the heavens above. Venite adoremus, venite adoremus, venite adoremus, We want to wish you a very merry holiday after a very difficult year. I think it's time to take a break and give thanks for all that we do have in our lives. And we also want to give thanks here today for our support that we receive from the Werner Ellithorpe Fund. And we'd welcome your support at this end of the year giving time. Go to the AgArts website, agarts.org, and hit that red donate button, and we would so appreciate it. We have some premiums for you if you do that. We have postcards and signed books by Say Moi, Mary Swander, and we will put your name on everything if you give us enough money. So have a great holiday, and we'll see you next year. <laughs>